Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. When cargo needs delivering, Dodge trucks will haul below. Across the western prairies, along the mountain roads. From heavy-duty big ones to pickups and the vans, the good guys keep on rolling throughout this sprawling land. van with 252 cubic feet of load space, padded dash, bucket seat, and options like automatic transmission and 318 cubic inch V8 engine. The biggest V8 in the compact field. They're rolling along, rolling along, from Dodge, See the full line of Dodge vans, campers, and compact trucks at the Dodge dealer near you. Most people didn't realize that Dodge back in the late 1960s fielded a full line of trucks from light duty to even heavy duty trucks, uh, motorhome chassis, school bus chassis, and class eight trucks. It wasn't until Chrysler got in trouble in the mid 1970s when Dodge sold off and discontinued their heavy truck division. But yeah, Dodge had a full line back then. And that commercial was from 1967 or 56 years ago. And those cab over uh, vans, what they call the A100 van, uh, very iconic, fairly dangerous, but very iconic <laughs> trucks. Um, and they all did it. Ford Econoline had the same basic construction, which basically had no impact uh, safety if you hit something. You were like right there and it wasn't okay. It was great for packaging, for safety, not so much. I've often said here on this program that when it comes to EV charging, those who live in apartments, urban areas, or otherwise do not have access to the kind of parking facility that would support regular level two charging would be at a major disadvantage. And I think would be a major part of the market uh, where EVs could do the most good, which were urban areas and multi-unit dwellings where you have a chance for a lot of noise, pollution, etc. Bringing EVs into that world would be awesome in terms of getting a handle on climate change, if not improving quality of life. However, as a result, people who live in apartments or urban areas that don't have off-street uh, off parking or access to a charging facility would be reluctant to make the investment, even if they wanted to own one. And for the past four years, as I researched this story, I found out that there's been progress on that front which I hope will only grow with the planned build-out of the EV charging network. Let me start with a fact. Los Angeles started installing utility pole, light pole EV chargers seven years ago. They are the only city in the United States currently that has a major installation of these, and that's over 400. The mayor currently is looking at rolling out and ramping that up dramatically to over 100,000. For contrast, the city of Los Angeles has over 222,000 light poles and streetlights, just so you know. Meanwhile, going back to this once-in-a-lifetime infrastructure build-out that was legislation approved by the administration to have this money to represent building EV charging infrastructure, the challenge that they have right now is that the 
neighborhoods that need it the most are usually, as usual, underserved communities, uh, black and brown communities in urban cities, low income. And I'm going to throw this out there too: rural communities. Because, again, just like the phone service in the 30s, the electrical service that was built out, the density isn't there to support it. And in the case of urban areas, you know, infrastructure it would be expensive to do it. And it's kind of a chicken and the egg thing. You know, the adoption rates of EVs in the inner city are not that high. So here's the question. If there was charging facilities built with that up, the uh, conversion rate or purchase rate of EVs in those neighborhoods. Is somebody willing to take that leap of faith with this federal money and make that happen? Because again, these areas are the least likely to have access to public charging. And something else I learned, less than 10%, and this is current, of U.S. residents have access to charging within a quarter of a mile from home. And I consider myself fortunate because in my case, I do live in a multi-unit dwelling and I have an e a public EV facility, but it's three miles from my residence, three miles. And I considered that close because a lot of people don't have them all. And we reported here last week, we talked about in Iowa, all 99 counties, and there's only 3 million people in all this land, honestly, and every single county has EVs which makes me wonder, particularly in some of the really sparse counties, obviously these people have to be homeowners and homeowners with means to set up their own home charging systems. But what about the rest of us who may want to own an EV, particularly where EVs coming into the marketplace now are going to be more affordable than ever for the first time? What do we do? Well, there is a group out there looking at what they call pole-mounted chargers. They even got an expression from PMCs. And they believe that this is the cure financially of getting, ramping up the availability of chargers where they're most needed and where they'll do the most good, inner city, underserved neighborhoods, places where public chargers are not available uh, or it's not economically feasible to do it. The beautiful part about a pole-mounted charger is you don't have to dig up the sidewalk. You don't have to dig up the street. And with the cities moving to LED lighting, there's an expanded availability in the power grid offset by the savings that they're no longer needing for the old light bulbs to support power, I'm sorry, pole-mounted chargers. So this could be a really cool thing. And they looked at some 30 stakeholders across 13 cities in the United States just to get some insight about how this is going to work. So let me break this out for you. Uh, just a couple of things. This is the advantage of PMCs. Lower costs, more chargers. They found out that when compared to ground-mounted chargers, PMCs yield an installation cost savings of up to 55% and overall cost reductions of 30% by using existing electrical connections and avoiding costs associated with constructions, materials, and labor, meaning you can get more bang for your buck. Number two, more equitable charger distribution. I mentioned earlier, less than 10% of residents have access to charging within a quarter mile of their home. And additionally, black and Latinx communities have disproportionately less access to this infrastructure. And with intentional planning, PMCs can help provide public charging and area access in areas that need it the most. 
And this has been a focal point of what's going on in Kansas City right now. They're in the process of rolling out PMCs and applications in some neighborhoods. Number three, support electrification of shared vehicles. Chances are the folks that are doing like Lyft and Uber and stuff like that are living in areas where they don't have access to charging things. And these companies, these ride sharing companies have committed to going all electric soon. So is that going to eliminate a source of a side hustle for some of these folks? PMCs could alleviate that issue. We mentioned earlier efficient and flexible installations. They're talking hours opposed to weeks. Elevated resilient equipment. They can elevate it to keep it from either being damaged or vandalized as opposed to a ground mounted structure, which may be more at risk. And then suitable pole capacity. If you got a light pole, if you got a light pole or utility pole, you got it available for it. This is the Tech Mobility Show. Believe it or not, the Tech Mobility Show has a website. Yep. Combined with all the other ways you can interact with us, our website is a great place to start. Learn more about the host, find us in the news, and even check out where you can hear our programs across the country on the radio. I know, right? Our website is a great place to learn more about us and our programming. Go to techmobility.show for more information. Welcome to aonmeetings.com your next video conferencing and webinar platform. Host your next virtual meeting or your paid webinar with registration and secure file sharing, break rooms, classrooms, and much more. With over five levels of security to know that your data is safe and secure and 100% browser-based, keep in touch with family and friends using the newest meeting platform. Go to aonmeetings.com to start your free seven-day trial. That's aonmeetings.com to start your seven-day free trial.